But that is it. Why don't we give a hand for Annie as she comes? Well, as she is already here. She's arrived. Yeah. I just, I just need to. I've just got to shoot a few more butterflies. <laughs> I haven't done this for a while. Good morning, everybody. is calling us to new levels of intimacy and um, he's saying come to me come to me come to me come to me the father's saying do not delay there is no excuse come to me I um <laughs> I went through a season in my life where I had lost my wheels, as it were, you know what I mean? And um this wasn't that long ago, at a time where I, I, I didn't even know if I had a, a call on my life. What was that even? I thought I had missed out. I, I, uh, I, didn't, I, I, I felt lost. Even though I was still connected with God, there was this something, something was missing and, and I'd run out and, and I think... God probably thought, thank goodness. She's finally come to realize that there's more. And uh, <clears throat> I only took 40 years. <laughs> Sounds a bit familiar, doesn't it? And then a, st- a still small voice said to me one, one day, which could only have been God. I have called you by name. And um, the call on your life, Annette, is to come to me. There, there is no greater call. I don't, I don't care for title. I don't care for position. I don't care for ministry I, I care for him and um, I'm, I'm supposed to be talking on prayer this morning but my prayer life took a complete change of direction I was stripped of ticking boxes um, stripped of reading my chapters Stripped of, I must be praying for this and I must be praying for that. Instead, I'd grab my cup of tea and head on up to what I call my upper room. And I'd just hang out with God. And 
we had the most amazing times. We still do. Sometimes they're a bit flat. <laughs> but that's okay. We, we just get on with it. I come away with courage and peace and I come away with a feeling like I can do this. I can do what I need to do. Why? Because I've spent time in his presence. And, and how cool is that? Because he is a more than enough God. Jesus said, if you abide in me, if you live in me, if you come and dwell in me, if you make my home your home, me, then I'll make you my home. And I will live in you and I will abide in you and I will make my home in you and we will be one even as the Father and I are one. How profound is that? That I, who am still such a huge work in progress, can be one with the Father. You may wonder what the heck has that got to do with prayer? It's got everything to do with prayer. Because prayer must come from that place. In 1 Peter chapter 2, he calls, Peter says that we're foreigners and we're aliens and we're uh, he encourages us to separate, separate from those things that would war against our soul. And uh, because the things of this world are actually warring against our soul. And he said, come separate, you're actually not of this world. You're, you're a, different, a different people. And I love how that we have a different bubble and it's the kingdom of heaven and um, we belong to a kingdom that is the kingdom of love because God is love so it can be nothing other than love it's a kingdom of love it's all about love when Jesus the Messiah came they were expecting a more militant saviour right Sometimes we pray like that, don't we? We expect a more militant saviour. But, but his mission was love, his message was love, his love, life was love. He got in under the radar. Yeah? God loves to get under our radar and undo some things so that he can shine. I'm talking about prayer this morning, apparently. My prayer life has changed completely. It is now a lifestyle. It is not a box to tick. It is not a, oh my gosh, I'm not praying enough. It's a lifestyle. Someone once said to me, shouldn't you be down the front repenting? I said, I live a repentant lifestyle. Because what is repentance after all but to change your mind, to change your thinking? Because we are what we think. 
Many have taught great things on prayer that uh, are probably way more qualified than me. But I just wanted to add my perspective because of how it's changed me and my journey in God. So what is prayer? (laughs) Some say it's simply talking to God. Well, yeah, that's true. Some say it's asking for what we need or we might be standing the gap for someone. Yes, it's all these things, but it's more. But what perspective are we praying from when we pray those things? Graham Cook in his book Crafted Prayer defines prayer this way. Prayer in its simplest form, he said, is finding out what God wants and then asking him to do it. There is something about getting into God's world and praying from his perspective. How often do we rush into prayer for a situation, begging God, just heal them now, for goodness sake, fix it, take it away, just come, will you please? This militant approach. We're looking for God in the situation, we're praying to find him, to get him on the scene, and when he doesn't show up, we're discouraged and eventually stop praying because it doesn't seem to work. I know, I've been there. I'm sure there's time and place for panic prayers, but surely this is the exception. The ask for help from a two-year-old is different from the ask for help from a 10-year-old. And it's different again from the ask for help from a 20-year-old. Why do you think that is? I think it's got all to do with knowing who you ask, knowing who it is that you're asking. The two-year-old doesn't know as much about the person they're asking of that the 10-year-old does. The 20, it's knowing who it is they're asking. Is that good? So good. It's that old story, isn't it? It's who you know is more important than what you know. (laughs) Jesus said some will say in that day, we healed the sick in your name and we cast out demons in your name. And he says, but I don't know you. We ticked boxes. We did what they said. If you pray this way, then that will work. And I'm not saying that that's all wrong. I'm just saying if it's outside of knowing him, it doesn't hit the mark. We can apply the principles of the word and not know him. They still work. The world all over is doing it. You know, some of these successful things that are happening in our world, where do they think they got the concept from? You can apply the concept, but if you don't know him, what does it mean? Jesus taught us how to pray. (coughs) It's a funny little prayer that we all know so well. And I kind of want to look at it from a different perspective this morning. He said, uh, in the New American Standard, and when you're praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they'll be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. 
In the message, he's much more brutal. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you are dealing with, and he knows better than what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply like this. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I've worn the wrong mascara. (laughs) Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You need to know who you're talking to. He's the God who walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. He's a very personal God. I was walking in our yard one morning in the spring. We have lovely big trees. And I said to God, God, it must have been so incredible walking with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. It must have been amazing. And he said, oh, what, like we are now? Yeah. <laughs> and I, that just undid me because he's that personal. Yeah. He's the God who led Abraham to another land and promised a nation from his own son even when they were past childbearing age. A God who made what was impossible possible. He's a God who noticed David when no one else did. This kid out the back looking after sheep. He's a God who knows you. He's a God who led Israel out of slavery into a rich land. He's a God that delivers. He's a God who forgave David, the man who stole another man's wife and then arranged for that man to be killed so he could keep her. A God who forgives even the big stuff. A God who gave Hannah a son, Rahab a new family. A God who gave Joseph a dream and Jacob a new identity. A God who gave David a song and Solomon wisdom. He's a God that gave Jonah a second chance, Peter boldness and Paul a new passion. He's a God that gave you and I a new life. How good is this God? He is wonderful counselor. He is mighty God. He is everlasting father and he is prince of peace. That was the description of Jesus, by the way. They're real close. Father, son, and Holy Spirit. He's the Moses that said to God when Moses, he's the Moses, he's the God that said to Moses when Moses said, who do I say sent me? He said, I'll just tell them I am sent them. Jesus said, I am at the garden and they all fell over. I love that. It isn't I was or I'm going to be. It's I am is our father. He said to David, David said to him, you're my shepherd. I have no want. We'll talk some more about that a bit later. One of these God times I had, 
talk about unreligious, the Holy Spirit said to me, let's play a game. And a word game. I'll share with you what I can remember from the word game. It was about finding words that phonetically sounded like, you know, God. And this is what it sounds like. We had fun. He's the father of family and friendship, of faith, freedom, and fun. He's the father of fabulous and fantastic, of forgiveness, the future, and forever. He's the papa of provision, of potential, of promise, protection, and progress. He's the papa of possibility, of perfection, of presence, of peace. He's the lord of laughter and love and learning and life. He's the Jesus, the giant killer. He's, he's the God of goodness, of gorgeous and giggles. He's the God of greatness and grandeur. He's the spirit of sonship, of surprises and sparkles. He's the spirit of surrender, of sacrifice, of safe and at all that is special. He's the daddy of doodackies, of daring, of deliverance and delight. He's the master of majesty, of miracles, of mercy, and more than enough. He's the maker of heaven and earth of you and me. He's the Holy Spirit of holy, of hope, of how-to, of hilarity and hugs. He's the king of kindness and caring and cuddles and courage. He is awesome and amazing and outrageous and completely over the top. And there simply isn't enough words. So I left that prayer time or God time that morning, having not prayed for anybody. There were no boxes to tick. But guess whose team I was on? I could conquer the world that day. There was nothing that was too big because me and him had just had a game, a word game of discovering how wonderful is our God. It might seem silly, but not to me. It was very childlike. But isn't that what he wants? Love it. Derek Prince said, if you've got 10 minutes to pray, spend eight of them in worship. Because you can ask for a lot in two minutes. But what is worship? It's not just a song. It's adoration. It's awareness. It's acknowledgement. It's an appreciation of who he is. It's delighting in him. God gave me a dream recently, which was very profound, and it was to do with where we were going as a business with relation to lockdown. So it was a good dream. But in the midst of that dream, there was, I was, uh, there was this person, thugs, trying to fight me, and they're trying to steal some stuff from me, and I was hitting him with a sharp object, and, um, and so then he let go of that, and he picked up something else, and I was hitting him with a sharp object, and that would stop him, and uh, some other stuff happened in the dream, which we don't need to go into today, but as soon as I woke up, I said, God, what was the weapon? And before I'd had that dream, you know how you're in that half awake, half asleep state, and 
I was singing a song and I was making it up as I was singing it. And it was a childlike song of adoration to God. And so when, so back to the end of the dream, God, what was the weapon? And he took me back to the song. And he said, every time you delight in me, you have victory. Wow. I thought, well, that's easy. I can do that. Every time we delight in him, wow, God, I love the way you put those blossoms on that tree. And I love the color of the leaves on that tree. And daffodils don't have much of a life, but man, they're amazing. And I think you're amazing, God, that you did that. And I can delight in him and what he makes. I can, I can look at my husband and delight in a God that made a wonderful man and that I get to be part of his life. I can look at my two-year-old, two almost three-year-old grandson and delight in his childlikeness. I'm learning from him at the moment. And I love it. <laughs> Do we want to come back from spying out the land, afraid and anxious talking about the giants, or bold and confident because we know the giant killer? Because that's the difference. <laughs> Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Know who you're talking to. It's a good way to start a prayer. <laughs> I had a situation years ago, we talk about fear this morning. I had a situation years ago where Holy Spirit woke me up in the night and he said, oh, come downstairs, I want to show you something. I thought, oh, you know, okay. Um, so downstairs we went, and I went into the room where I usually pray. Shut the door. I don't know what time of the night it was. It didn't matter. We were off on a journey. And fear came into the room. And it, it was a very real presence of fear. And I thought, now's a good time. What was that you were going to show me? <laughs> Seriously, the hackles on the back of my neck were up. That's how strong the presence of fear was in the room. And Holy Spirit said to me, just worship. So I did. And out the window went fear. Just worship. Just delight in me. What a wonderful weapon. What a wonderful weapon. So good. When do I have to finish? Whoa. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Know your resource. We're talking about a God who paves the street with gold, owns the cattle on a thousand hills, Legions of angels at his disposal. Know your resource. There is no sickness in heaven. There is no disease. There is no poverty. There is no chaos. 
Heaven, in Romans 14, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. How precious is that? The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed that becomes a big tree. It's like leaven in a loaf. It affects the whole loaf. That's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is like ten maidens that took their oil lamps. Five of them didn't have enough oil. And when they went back to get their oil, and then they finally got to the marriage supper, he said, I don't know you. That's a frightening thought. Oil to me speaks of Holy Spirit. We need to be topped up all the time. All the time. He's a very present God. One of my uh, favorite preachers said that if we go into prayer and we don't change our perspective, then, you know, like if something hasn't moved when we come out, then all we've done is complained. Now that might sound really harsh, but I think prayer really is about us getting our head into heaven and changing our perspective. Changing our perspective. What does heaven look like over this situation? Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Know your resource. Give us this day our daily bread. Know who and what it is you're eating. I'm sure this is not just talking about needs, although, you know, that's fine because God says, Jesus says later in that chapter, he said, I don't want you to be worried and anxious about what you should eat or what you should wear. Just seek first the kingdom. We've, we've talked a whole lot about the kingdom this morning and about the king of the kingdom. Seek first him. Jesus actually said, I am the bread of the life. So should it, should it see... Jesus said, I am the bread of life. So should it be, give us this day, Jesus. Give us this day, Jesus. He is my bread of life. <laughs> Jesus' way of doing things, Jesus' perspective, Jesus' thinking, Jesus' being, Jesus' abiding in me as I abide in him. He also said, my bread is to do the will of the Father. I only say what I hear my Father saying, and I only do what I see my Father doing. That's a now relationship. How the heck did he know to rub mud on some dude's eyes, and then on another one, to send him off to the pool of Shalom, or Salem, or whatever it is. You know what I mean? How did he know that? Because the father said, let's do this, let's have some fun. Let's make some mud. <laughs> I love that. You've heard it said, you are what you eat. It's the same spiritually. What are you letting into your eye gate? What are you letting into your ear gate? There's a glory of God coming upon this land, yeah. and he needs vessels that can carry it. Yeah. 
and it's weighty. The glory of God is weighty. And he's looking for people that will separate themselves enough so that they can carry this glory. Yeah? Because if we don't, we just end up on the floor. There's a glory. I, look, I, I remember reading stories about people praying with the likes of Smith Wigglesworth. And the glory was so great in the room that the guys couldn't stand it. They actually ended up having to leave because the weight of the glory of God. You want to carry kingdom into the community, he's, he's going to ask you to separate for some things. He's going to call you aside and say, you know what? I don't want you watching that anymore. This is Nana speaking. I don't want you watching that anymore. I don't want you reading that anymore. I don't want you listening to that material anymore because I've got a glory that I want you to carry into your community. I've got a glory that I want you to carry into your workplace. You up for it? Hmm. I um. I don't even know what we're up to. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. There's a technique I use that has helped me a lot, and I'm sharing it with you because it might help you. And um, I, I was tremendously relieved sometime during my 59 years to discover that God actually repeats himself a lot in the Bible. Yeah. The reason why I was relieved was because then I realized I didn't actually have to know it all yeah. or learn it all. And I love how God repeats himself constantly in the word. And he'll just come in at this angle and he'll come in at that angle. And I've found some portions of scripture that I go back to regularly that become like a prayer for me, but also a meditation. And one of them, surprisingly enough, is Psalm 23. We hear it at at funerals and all sorts of places, but as common as it is, it has become rich to me. For you, Lord, you're my shepherd. You feed me, you guide me, and you protect me. I have no want. No, I'm pretty sure means no. No want. There is nothing that I need apart from you. He makes me lie down in fresh, green, tender pastures. Sheep don't lie down unless they're satisfied. Fresh green pastures talks to me of revelation. He makes, what is it? He makes me, he leads me by still waters. Do you know sheep can only drink from still water? And you know why that is? So they don't get water up their nose. Why us? I mean, I, you know, their nostrils are real close to their lips. 
and if the water was bubbling, they would get water up their nose. I will lead you by still waters so you can drink because I'm restoring your soul. Your soul that gets battered when you're out there. When you walk into a mall and get invaded by, you know, I call it visual pollution. You know? I'll restore your soul, leading you in paths of righteousness. I'm restoring your soul. And even when you are go through the valleys of the shadow of death, I'm with you. I'm with you. I will lead you and I will guide you. And guess what? And I've actually prepared a table for you in the presence of your enemies. There's a whole lot of challenge. There's a whole lot of stress. There's a whole lot of chaos going on, but there's a table prepared for you right in the middle of that. Table, to me, speaks of family. Papa's sitting at the end of the table. We all line up on our, with our knives and forks. And what happens? We share a meal together. What did Matt talk about last week? God knocking on the door saying, I want to come in and sup with you, and I want you to sup with me. Here we are in the middle of chaos. We're sleeping in a storm. If you can sleep in a storm, you've got authority over it. That's the peace of God in our lives. How cool is this? He's prepared a table for us, a meal. We get to share stories. What happened in your day? Well, this is why blah, 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 blah. Then Dad brings in some wisdom. Well, if I was you, I would do it like this. Chat. Fellowship. Rich. You fill my cup up. What is it? You anoint my head with oil. My cup, it overflows. Surely goodness, mercy, and unfailing love follows me all the days of my life, and I don't want to be anywhere else but in your presence. I love it, because it covers kind of everything. Find a scripture and personalize it. And turn it into a worship. Turn it into a praise. Turn it into a prayer. Make it yours. He's my shepherd. (laughs) Isn't that cool? I think we'll call that a morning. I... um, I want to reiterate that God is calling us into new levels of intimacy. When we pray from a place of intimacy, we pray with a different mindset. We're not praying, please God, come. We're praying, oh, God's already here. What do you want to do? What are you doing here? What do I need you to be right now? Hmm. It happens in the secret place, just you and him alone. It can't happen anywhere else. You cannot have the oil of someone else. 
You have to get your own oil. There is no shortcuts. He said, if you dwell in the secret place, you're, what is it, protected under those giant wings. Sometimes we get out from under the wing and we get walloped. And we wonder why. Get back under the wing. Get back in the secret place where he nourishes you, where he feeds you, where he puts you back where you should be, where he restores your soul. So come. Come to the Father. (laughs) Successful prayer comes from that place. Come, come to the Father. Come to the Father. If you're not hungry, just ask him. I've been there before. I said, God, I'm, just, I'm not hungry. Right. It's called ignorance. <laughs> because we are hungry. Yeah. We're always hungry. Because yeah. that's how he's wired us. Come to the Father. Come to the Father. Come as you are. Come to the Father from both near and far. Now I'm making up poetry. (laughs) He's such a good, good God. He just wants to infuse your life with everything that is good. Take away the things that frighten you. Wrap his arms around you. He just wants to take you on a journey that is beautiful, that can happen in the midst of chaos. That's who our God is. That's how I'm learning to pray. (laughs) And that will be me. Um, I'm just going to, just be, as the music team come, I'm going to ask Annette to pray over us. Is that all right? Yeah. yeah. So why don't we stand? And just, your hands out like you're holding a gift. It just reminds us that our job is to receive, not, not achieve. God loves to give good gifts. And uh, I just had this thought while Annette was speaking, and... Um, I'm really glad that someone has turned the heating on to warm. Yeah. Has anyone else? What, what the heck? It's getting cold. <laughs> um, I once saw this uh, video of someone who broke the record on a bicycle for speed. And he was actually behind a rocket car with a big shield. And the rocket car was going flat out. And he was in the slipstream. And I think he got up to about 300 k's on a bicycle. But on one of the trips, on one of the attempts, he accidentally got outside of the slipstream. And it's like he hit a brick wall and just got mothered, you know, just got absolutely smashed. Um, I just had this, this picture, you know, just when Annette was talking about when we step outside of the wings of the Father, you know, and when we're close with him, when we're walking with him, when he's leading us and he's guiding us and he's making us lie down in green pastures and leading us to still streams, we're in the slipstream of the kingdom. 
We're in the slipstream of his will. We're in the slipstream of what, of what he wants for our lives and he's leading us and guiding us. But when we step outside of that, who knows? It's like you hit a brick wall. It's like, man, life starts to not make sense. It's like chaos. And we just need to return back to the slipstream of the goodness of God, of the Father. Yeah. So let's, Annette, pray over us. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I um, I also want to explain something. Sometimes we don't understand what presence is. And um, I was... Uh, worked for a charity for a number of years and we were in a home working with a young woman to do with her finances and uh, she had a massive migraine and um, she would get repeating migraines and um, I just we'd walked into this flat and we could smell the marijuana so like you know like we'd walked into a darker place and anyway I said to her have I watched her countenance change. I said, you've got your migraine. She said, yes. And I said, there's nothing they can do. She said, no. I said, well, can we pray? So we prayed for her, and the presence of God turned up. And it was so thick and tangible. And she was a backslidden Christian, and she knew what it was. I said, well, the presence of God's really strong in here. And she said, yes, it is. And I turned and said to her friend, can you feel the presence of God? She said, nah. I said, let me explain. You know what it's like when you walk into someone's apartment and they've had a fight? Do you know what that feels like? She said, oh yes. That was her life. I know what that feels like. I said, so what does it feel like right now? She said, it feels safe. It feels peaceful. It feels, you know, warm and rich. That's the presence of God. It's not something ethereal. The presence of God is right here, right now. We feel safe. We feel at peace. We feel like the challenges of our lives aren't as big anymore. That's kingdom. Yeah. So, Father, I just release an awareness of your presence right across this room and to all those that are watching. And I release kingdom peace, kingdom presence, the unfailing, unended, unlimiting, awesome, amazing, incredible wonderfulness of God into every heart. Father, just continue. Lord, we just say yes to you. We say yes to you, God. Yes to going deeper in our walk with you. Yeah, Father, we want to be led into green pastures. Yeah, Father, we want to be led beside still waters. Yeah. Yeah, Father, I just ask you just to reveal yourself in new, fresh ways to everyone who is watching and listening. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.